The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Right here on Radio South, the 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Kapiti. Also on iTunes and Spotify, or you can stream us on accessmedia.nz, no strings attached. And check out our Facebook page, just search Grinding Gears. Uh, kicking off with the tune as usual, so enjoy the ear candy. Of the dial, and after all this, won't you give me a smile? 
back with us, Pete and Aaron, on Grinding Gears Radio South, the 96.4, and Coast Access Radio Capity, and we'll kick off with some bureaucracy. Yeah, first off, New York is using cameras with microphones to check out loud cars. So, if you own a loud car in New York City, you might receive a notice in the mail from a computer, and it'll be demanding money like everything else. Basically, a notice from the city's Department of Environmental Protection, which is probably fighting a failing war there, telling you that your car is too loud. Not because the police also caught your noisy car, but because the computer did. Talk about Big Brother. Yeah, a photo of an official order from the New York City DEP, which is DEP. Um, Dep. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> Department of Environmental Protection. That's the one. Yeah, was um, published to Facebook uh, by a page called Lowered Congress on Monday. Uh, directed at a BMW M3 that may have been a bit too loud. And the notice reads as follows. I am writing to you because your vehicle has been identified as having a muffler that is not in compliance with Section 386 of the Vehicle and Traffic Law, which prohibits excessive noise for motor vehicles. Your vehicle is recorded by a camera that takes a picture of the vehicle and license plate. In addition, a sound meter records decibel level as the vehicle approaches and passes the camera. Uh, the order goes on to tell the owner to bring the car to a location specified by the Department of Environmental Protection, a sewage treatment plant, to be precise, <laughs> mm. and that's where they wanted to have a look at it. Uh, show up and you'll have the opportunity to get your car fixed to avoid the fine, much like California's fix-it ticket system. The document also informs the owner that if they fail to show up, they could Face a maximum fine of eight hundred and seventy-five bucks. That's eight seventy-five US dollars, plus additional fines for continuing to ignore the summons. So, well, at least they're getting you a chance to fix it and uh, do something more than just paying the fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a New York City um, DEP spokesman confirmed to Road and Track by email the system is part of a small pilot program that's been running since September twenty twenty-one. Uh, from the description, it sounds like it works much like a speed camera that automatically records violations and sends it to you in the mail by reading your license plate. Instead of a speed gun, the new system strategically placed a sound meter to record the decibel levels on the road, matching it to a license plate using a camera. Hopefully there's no one yelling about the price of coffee in the vicinity. The DEP made a point of saying this new program is unrelated to... Current Governor Hathi Hotchell's recent initiative to curb noise pollution in New York. Boy, are they bloody living in the wrong place. Yeah. In September 2021, she signed the SLEEP. No, I don't know if this is an acronym or not, but it's in capitals according to the article. S-L-E-E-P, built into law, raising fines for exhaust noise violation in the state from 150 to $1,000. Currently the highest in the nation. Yeah, the program will be reevaluated on June 30 according to the Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, from there, they'll likely either be expanded or taken out of commission. Mm. But for now, uh, here's something a bit closer to home. Yeah, well, bureaucracy is rife here too. But this is actually quite justified, in, in, in a way. Hundreds of tickets are issued on Cranford Street, uh, which is, in, according to the ODT, uh, was worth a look. But we actually agree. Let's explain. Police issued 341 speeding tickets on Christchurch's Cranford Street last year, uh, which comes as Papua New Guinea's community board member Ali Jones raised concern that the police were not patrolling the area enough to catch speeders. 
something which, uh, well, the cops denied anyway. Mm. Jones reckoned there is no doubt that speeding and red light running are issues along the Christchurch Northern Corridor and in St Albans generally. In an area of Cranford Street with a speed limit of uh, 50k an hour, one car allegedly reached speeds of between 91 and 100. Which, yeah, is a bit mad for a residential here. Yeah, in the same speed zone, six drivers were allegedly travelling between 81 and 90 kilometres an hour. There was 37 between 71 and 80 kilometres an hour, 252 between 61 and 70, and 40 between 51 and 60. And in an area with a speed limit of 30 kilometres an hour, four drivers allegedly reached speeds of between 41 and 50, and between 51 and 60 k's an hour. So uh, what does that add up to? About four, well, probably 400 drivers. Yeah. Last year, Jones raised concerns with the board about traffic speeding in Cranford Street and the Christchurch on the corridor, noting that she did not see a police presence in the area. She said an average of uh, less than one speeding ticket per day was issued on Cranford Street and didn't alter her position on this. Yeah, no amount of quoted police started relating to the number of tickets issued or average speed is going to change what many of us regularly see as an experience, is Jones' record. Apparently, she thinks police don't have anything better to do than sit and wait for speeders. Maybe maybe they should install a camera instead. Mm, we've seen how many fines they can rake in. Christchurch City Council data taken last May shows an average uh, daily traffic count of 24,741 uh, cars on Cranford Street between Ennis and Knoll Street, if you know where they are, <laughs> with an average speed of 42 kilometres an hour. Well, we're down Cranford Street uh, between Westminster and Berwick Street. The daily average was uh, 23,098, sorry, uh, with an average speed of 37.5 kilometres an hour. Police deco- uh, declined to give statistics on how many speeding tickets were issued on the CNC, stating these would be recorded as State Highway 76, which is a fair point, and uh, could have been issued anywhere along the highway. But when asked how frequently the roads were patrolled, police did not specify a number, stating the area was patrolled to a level supported by the risk it poses compared to the rest of Christchurch. During support up saying... Uh, a number of tickets are issued related to the amount of policing, surely, and they still don't know the, that amount and the safety of the community, apparently, and she believes that the council and police need to work together uh, more efficiently to address these problems. Which is a fair point, uh, even from a horse up there, especially with the you know children's and stuff about. Uh, but if you look at the, well, what did we say? About 400 speeding drivers from last year compared to the police data of an average of 24,000 per day. Awesome. Then statistically... Mm, yeah, well, this sounds pretty much similar to the statistics that are available about everything else at the moment, 90% or whatever it is. Probably a bit of part of 95. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they get caught, those ones, anyway. But um, anyway, we'll just move on and we'll just play some more music. Oh, 
With Pete and Aaron, Radio South to 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Company. Now, there's some funner stuff. And Toyota and Yamaha have been busy developing hydrogen fueled 449 brake horsepower V8. Yeah, it's reworking the Lexus RCF's naturally aspirated 5 liter engine and shows how hydrogen could still preserve combustion engines. Toyota and Yamaha, along with Mazda, Kawasaki, and Subaru, have uh, previously pledged to continue investing in combustion technology. The five Japanese manufacturers appeared in a joint press conference last year to express their interest in expanding fuel options, while other global manufacturers embrace all-out electrification. Yeah, we did a story um, on that at the time, and it's so great to see the result. Uh, 
the new hydrogen V8 has been detailed following Toyota's deployment of hydrogen combustion drawer at Japan Super Tai. How do we pronounce this one? Taiku. Taiku Race Series. And uh, in subsequent reveal of an identical powered GR Yaris prototype. Mm. This new engine was based on that used by the uh, RCS Sports Group with the modifications to the injectors, heads, intake manifold, and elsewhere. But Yamak claims it delivers 449 brake horsepower at 6,800 RPM. And 398 pound foot at 3600 RPM. They are identical figures to those uh, of the hardcore RCF track edition, but with hydrogen. Wow. Uh, and as with Toyota's previous hydrogen combustion creations, there's no indication that the modified unit could find its way into a production car. But Yamaha president Yoshihiro Hidaka had been vocal about his belief in the technology's potential. Yeah, he reckons hydrogen engines house the potential to be carbon neutral, which they do, while keeping the passion for the internal combustion engine live at the same time. Teaming up with companies with different corporate cultures and areas of expertise, as well as a growing number of partners, is how they want to lead the way into the future. Yeah, Yamaha says it's been developing a hydrogen car engine for about five for about five years. Uh, it's also working with Kawasaki on a potential use for such an engine in the motorcycle sector. That'll be fun. Yeah, Ta- Takeshi Yamada, uh, who works with uh, Yamaha's dedicated hydrogen engine development team, said hydrogen engines have a very fun, easy-to-use performance characteristics. He added, hydrogen engines have an innately friendly feel that makes, us, uh, makes them easy to use even without resorting to electronic driving aids. Everyone who came to test drive the prototype car was started off somewhat sceptical, but emerged after it with a big smile on the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we one, would too. Yeah, I, I know I would. Yeah. One particular characteristic Yamaha highlights in, um, is in the V8 is the, the raucous engine note, which can be uh, preserved by adapting it to burn on another type of fuel. Uh, Toyota said the same thing with the hydrogen fuel GR Yaris H2 prototype that they showed last year, uh, reinforcing the potential for the technology to serve the uh, sports car segment in particular. Toyota Europe boss Matt Harrison said at the time uh, burning hydrogen would allow the firm to deliver almost zero tailpipe emissions without electrification, but it does so whilst retaining the things the fans love most about race cars, the speed and the noise. Yeah, what agreed. Would it, what, would it, what would it be? Without them, uh, it is not the first time the two firms have collaborated on a highly strung sports car engine. The Lexus LFA Hypercar 552 brake horsepower 4.8 litre V10 was shared in effort uh, by the entire bespoke to that car. Yamaha also designed the cylinder heads, inlet valves, camshafts, and intake for the 2UR GSE V8 used by the Lexus ISF, RCF, GSF, <laughs> and actually the Toyota Alex Dakar racer. Not to mention they've done heads for a few other famous engines like 4H, 3S GT, 2JZ, and even the very rare 60s 2000 GT that James Bond used. Yeah, well... Now it's that time again. It's Tesla time. And uh, this week, uh, more news out of China as they have removed an apparently unnecessary steering control unit there. Uh, they did that to help alleviate del- delivery delays related to the chip shortage, though it didn't publicise the modification. Yeah. 
The port is removable was one of two different control units used in its steering racks for the Model 3 and Y. The unit is eliminated is unnecessary for the time being since it's actually redundant. In addition, there's a chance it may never be necessary, although it could be used in some vehicles in the future, it's like to say. Yeah, Tesla makes an attempt to outfit all of its cars with the ability to future-proof. This means it put hardware and parts in the cars that aren't necessarily being used now, but maybe needed later on. In addition... The automaker installs hardware that will allow for future updates. For example, all Tesla vehicles produced after a certain point have the hardware necessary to uh, have the heaters in the rear seats. Uh, through a software update was needed uh, to activate the hardware. It'll probably cost you another thousand dollars too to get your electric seats turned on. But anyway, probably. in this case, though, the Model Y and three vehicles in China have one power steering unit control that's currently used. Since the cars are said to only offer level two advanced driver assist systems, the second redundant unit would be implemented, likely via over the year software update, as you like to do, if the car graduates to level three capability. Perhaps this would be the case if Tesla either upgraded its safe, active safety systems abilities or an owner opted to uh, add the paid feature down the road, such as the full self driving package. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tesla relies heavily on over the year software updates and touts the fact that owners don't have to visit a service centre for updates, this situation could lead to an exception. If owners of these cars were to need a steering control unit later on, um, they would probably have to visit a service centre to have that installed, wouldn't they? Ching-ching! Yeah. The fact is, they removed an unneeded part isn't really the issue here, though, but rather the fact that the company didn't disclose the information to buyers. Well, you know, come on, Elon, aren't you on Twitter every day? Yeah. Other automakers are also eliminating components due to the chip shortage, although they've made public announcements explaining the changes. Yeah, it's important to note that while impacted cars are made in China, they are being delivered to many other areas across the globe. However, China-made Tesla's vehicles don't actually export to the US. Hope you don't quite get on. I wonder if they come here. Don't know. Like China-made ones. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, while we're pondering that, it's quitting time here. So till next time, don't be a dick, make it click.
The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz. 